How's everybody doing? Great, dude. Great. How about yourself? Uh, we're doing good. Uh, I'm Kyle. This is Puds. Uh, we're with the Big Dumb Podcast. And you're Jack Allen with... Uh... Conspiracy or just a coincidence. And then we got the odd man out. Tell everybody That's about right. yourself. Yeah, man. I, I do a podcast called The Oddcast featuring the odd man out. And uh, me and Jack, uh, we've been friends for a few months now. And I've done his show several times. And uh, I think he's going to do my show soon. And, you know, he's killing it, man. So, yeah. Uh, odd man's like a mentor, dude. To anybody <laughs> in this world, he was one of the only people that didn't get caught up in like the spell, which I got caught up in, you know, with Trump and, uh, uh, this left versus right paradigm. So that's why I respect people that are like odd man that can kind of like take a step back and see, you know, the whole picture. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like, uh, I definitely got caught up in it. I feel like I was outside looking at the whole picture. And then at a certain point I just got sucked in, you know, mm -hmm. and I was all about it. And then as soon as it was over, I was like, Oh, we got played, you know? So props to odd yeah. man for having the perspective to like, you know, not get caught up in it because it was hard. You know, it's hard thing to do. It was consuming everything in our being, and I think that's what uh what they wanted. They wanted us to just be locked in, consumed, not looking at you know the man behind the curtain, so to say. Oh yeah, he was trying to pull me into it the whole time, and uh, <laughs> and you stayed out. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, I didn't get pulled into it. That's ah oh, man, you because odd. He's been doing it for like since a long time. Didn't you say that this was like the most? like diversive or is this like any like the past presidential elections like have you seen more like statism than any ever before uh probably not and, okay. and just it, the big change too was like before because i got in to politics like right before 9 11 but really you know like a lot of people i really got you know into it after 9 11 and it was like i was hardcore conservative so uh, no younger people, hardly anybody I knew at the time was Republican. It was like, consider if you were a Republican and you were young, you were considered to be just really bizarre and weird. And then <laughs> under, you know, Trump, he made it cool to be a Republican. You know, that was the, the both sides. And, and Republicans actually became cooler than the Democrats, in my opinion, because, you know, they became social justice warriors and just wanted to whine and cry about everything and yeah. their then their status to the max and it's just i mean and it's crazy too man because well you guys can attest to this but like people are so divided now but especially with the left because they're they have that tendency to to really go towards government and, and bigger government and stuff like that that uh they'll they'll end up like creating their own enslavement by thinking they're punishing the the right you know yeah because they're letting all this shit happen and it's like dude you guys are not paying attention because this is all going to come right back around on you and it so, already has been man i mean after yeah. parlor and every you know everybody got censored on on the internet I, I think i think a week after joe biden was inaugurated it went right back to the uh the far left like twitter started banning antifa and it was and and you know they, it's like you realize oh they weren't on my side that whole time. You know what I mean? They were just mm. using me. If you're a leftist, they were using me for their agenda. You know what I mean? To further divide. But at the end of the day, we're all just chum scum, you know? And that's why I think with like the GameStop thing that opened a lot of people's eyes because it was the left and the right and the middle all coming together to say, fuck you. We have the power. 
and obviously they shut it down real quick, but still it was a great thing to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a Wall Street, Occupy Wall Street 2.0 in the digital age. It was it was amazing to see. Yeah. I, I like hope that because it was like such a like an underdog story. But maybe I've just been like so jaded, dude. But I just feel like nothing is organic in this movement that we yeah. are in. That's like I hope that that's the underdog, but I worry like what's this because like with everything more regulation comes and that's like always my i i think i'm like jaded though but like the seat they're so powerful they've you're, infiltrated every single movement you're not wrong because uh even if it was organic at the beginning when they when they shorted uh when they you know bought the gamestop stock right. immediately was co-opted by the media and by the big tech companies immediately the media was saying oh no now it's silver buy silver and all you had to do was go check yeah. reddit and they were like no we're not no we're holding gamestop hold the line you right. know so no one here said to buy silver so like but all the people who jumped on board after the fact were like oh let's buy silver let's buy silver you know what i mean mm -hmm. so even yeah. if something is organic which i feel it is hard to not be skeptical about everything mm -hmm. but you have you know let's just say some things do happen organically they get they get taken over immediately. And that's why you see yeah. uh, agent provocateurs at all these protests and everything like that. It's like, what's planned? What was co-opted in the process? And then how do you discern what's real and what's yeah. not, you know? Yeah, and that's dude. what we're trying that's to like, do here. Yeah. That's, I think the, pro it's like such a, and they want to do that to have you like so crazy that you just don't know what's going on. You know, like that's literally, cause they, it's so hypocrite, like so much hypocrisy, the, media what it says and what it does oh i mean one channel will tell you it's raining the next you know another yeah. channel will tell you it's sunny outside and you just look outside and you're like it, it's it's raining like what <laughs> you know and that's the thing yeah. you have to be willing to step out and find the truth for yourself you know and a lot of right. people just don't or don't know how or don't want to do that yeah so i i, I, I personally okay, i personally don't watch like a or pay attention to a lot of like yeah. news channels or you know popular news stations and headlines or whatnot because i know yeah 75 to 95 percent of it <laughs> is not yeah. truth so it's Absolutely. just like yeah. going and living and fi finding the truth for yourself and for those of you who don't know or are new to the show uh my co-host here puds he's a blue pill he's blue pilled but we're we're slowly getting him to take little pieces of the red pill here and there here and there so that's why i hope this would be a good opportunity to you know drop some knowledge on him and see if it, you know because he's getting there he's open-minded to it which is the you know the most yeah. you can ask for you know be yeah. open-minded because you're not if someone's got right. a closed mind you're not going to change their mind you know what i mean no no, no. yeah i mean i mean i think the great like why don't you tell uh a little bit, I guess, who do you think is like dividing us in your, you know, in your most recent like work, like in regards to the CFR and oh. stuff like that? Man. Oh man, it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion in my view, at least that there's such a, an organized network of all these institutions with all these people who have been in presidential administrations or their, I mean, like you say, the CFR, you know, like the Council of Foreign Relations, I mean, they have everybody who's anybody that's been in government is in that institution or has been in it. And you've got the, the, a lot of college deans from, say, Harvard and, and Yale and those places, top generals and colonels and admirals, um, you know, all the all the top media people, or most of the top media people, especially the 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 you know, like the people you see the most, like Jake Tapper and people like that, they're in there. 
it's like this such an organized network, but it's also a global network because they have Council on Foreign Relations in other countries too. Not only that, but they have them in cities as well. Not every city, but a lot of the larger cities. Chicago is one of the biggest ones, the Chicago Council. And then they have their Council of Councils, which is like a conglomeration of all the top ones around the world. And they oversee those. And then you got the Brookings Institute, the Aspen Institute, uh, Atlantic Council, of course, Bilderberg, Trilateral Commission. Um, and it just goes on and on. Yeah. And it's like, uh, and then, of course, in uh, the UK, you've got the Chatham House, or sometimes they call it the Royal Institute of International Affairs. Those are all linked groups of the, the top people from their fields, no matter what that might be, like economics or maybe it's war strate- strategies or whatever. And so I I feel like everything is so well organized and all these people are connected. Like you guys are saying, I don't know if we can trust anything we read because like almost every CIA director since I think 1930, I want to say 37 has been, um, well, basically almost since the start of the CIA, almost (laughs) every director has been a council on foreign relations member. So, and, and, who knows who's controlling? I mean, Operation Mockingbird. It wasn't that that long ago. No, so. it wasn't. No, and and it goes back to uh, like you said, how many of those uh, CIA heads were part of uh, the Council on Foreign Relations? Not to mention any other groups they might be a part of. And then where did they go on from there, or where did they come from as far as like positions of power? Like, was it George Bush Senior who was the head of the FBI and became president, or was he head of CIA and became president? CIA, right? CIA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's the only one who doesn't know where he was the day Kennedy got caught, you know, got shot. It's like, what? Isn't that your job yeah. to know where Probably you and everyone shot him? Oh, you know, could be, could be, you know, we'll never know. Yeah. And Trump tried to declassify it. But then again, how much of that was just, you know, pandering? Um, you know, it's, it's because everyone who was involved, some of those people are still alive, you know, and not to go off, you know, the Kennedy thing's a whole other show, but. It just goes to show like how well connected these people are. And then they create these political dynasties like, you know, it was George Bush Sr., then George Bush Jr., and then it was going to be Jeb. Like that was their guy, you know, and it's like, why why are all these families? I thought we were we were against the royalty, the the elite ruling class, you know, but we just rebranded it when we as the country's grown. It's just yeah. those same families who made their money off exploiting people and running drugs and alcohol when it was illegal and all this stuff, like they're the ones in charge, you know, it's just, it's crime, crime families, you know? And a lot of it like came in my, I did this skull and bones episode and like all the families that are, or at least for in that particular group. And like Ahmed said, there's so many different networks, but the same people held power since like when they came to America in like the 1500s, 1600s, those same families, like, uh, um, Jesus now, but not like Rockefeller isn't in that group. There's like, uh, I, now I'm struggling on my notes, but, but regardless, all these people, they still maintain power. And then they just marry intermarried and only allowed in those families. And that was how, and they just have to that day maintained a stranglehold on the power. It's just like, uh, an optical illusion that we have a choice and all those things. They're the same people that have been pulling those strings like in Skull and Bones, they started the modern education system. They went over to Germany, trained in Germany under uh, Hegel, which is where we get the Hegelian dialectic, the problem, reaction, solution. Yeah. And big statism and big, like, your God is your your state. What can you do for the state? And all these 
key people, they came back over to America and they placed them at Johns Hopkins and he trained. And then they had, that was where like all these, the first uh, like big doctor program. So then all the doctors came out of that learning Rockefeller, AMA, pharma, pharma, pharmaceuticals or oil pharmaceutical based right. practice, all the department of education, they went out and it's just like a virus that spreads and they just eat. And, you know, just like we all do today, like you, whatever your teacher taught you, unless you're like, like an argument, you kind of take that as fact. So yeah. anyone that comes in to try and change that, if you don't have an open mind, you're not going to be, you're going to, they're going to think like, who are you to tell me? I know, you know? Yeah. I read it in fifth grade in a textbook. Right. You know, I yeah, know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, and like going back to what you said about, you know, the state is your God. Um, I feel like so much is happening, you know, like, especially in the last year where almost science is, has been, and a lot of people are talking oh, about this. Science is the new religion, you know, just, you know, it's someone said, why did you not, you know, why was uh Galileo burned at the stake? You know, because he went against the religion, you know, he was saying, you know, we're not the center of everything. And that was, you know, the Christian belief was, yes, you know, the earth is the center of the universe. And that's why he was burned at the stake. And now when people come out like Graham Hancock or, or other scientists who, you know, they label pseudoscientists that who have a different a, a view about where we came from or how old we are as a society, they say they burn them at the stake. They say you're crazy. You know, they take their credentials away, all that stuff. And it's, and it's because you're going against the religious authority, which is the science, you know, the, uh, that was an awesome metaphor. dude. Yeah, exactly. And it's, we're seeing that with COVID. We're seeing it with climate change. We're seeing it with everything. If, oh, you're a science denier. You're a vax denier. All this stuff. And it's like, no, science is about questioning everything, even the existing science. It's mm -hmm. anti-science to just take everybody's word for it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. according to the science, there's people dying on the streets right now, and I've not seen that. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And people just yeah, take man. it and believe it. And then they're not even enforcing anything. It, they're getting our neighbors to enforce things on us. And that's, you know, a whole other level of insanity and absurdity. It's like, read a history book. Even the ones you read in school will tell you this is what happened. You know what I mean? They're not hiding it. <laughs> but what do you guys think about, you know, the scientism as a religion, like, and how it's coming into play right now as, as we speak? You can go on, man. Um, yeah, man. I mean, you said it better than I could say it really, but <laughs> man, I, the scientists are the new priestly class and you cannot question them, mm -hmm. you know, and we're kind of seeing in, in my view that it wasn't really the religion per se that caused those problems. It's people yeah. because we take everything too far, you know, especially when we join these groups, it could be a, a, you know, an atheist group. We take it too far and, and, and people, especially if there's another, like you have a rivalry with another group. And so I just kind of think, we couldn't have had everything that we have right now without a divisive leader like Trump. Okay. Right. And, 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 and it was, it's almost too perfect. I mean, I honestly, I'm not, my mind's not made up that he was in on it. He may not have been, but it could not have played out better everything for really the left, the way things went, because my theory is if, if, if Hillary had gotten elected, and I know it sounds like, ah, I couldn't, I can't stand Hillary. No, but, no one could. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, even her people don't really like her, but <laughs> like, 
like the old school, especially the boomers on the right, they kind of love to hate the Clintons, if you know what I mean, because the Clintons are a part of our pastime because they've been around forever. Yeah. So I feel like if she had gotten elected, they would have been pushed back and they would have been this and they would have been that. But I don't think you would have seen rioting in the streets. You probably wouldn't have seen, seen Antifa. I don't think BLM would have been as strong. And because you didn't have her, you had Trump and, and you know, he just went out and, and said all this crazy stuff. And, you know, some of his ideals were pretty good. Um, but some of the stuff he, he was all to me, he was a lot. A lot of his deal was talk and rhetoric. You know, yeah. He really was great at getting people pumped up, but I don't think he was really, I never thought he was conservative to, to begin with and, and no. definitely not libertarian, but you know, he had a few good ideas, but man, could he divide the people? Yeah. I mean, holy Easy. shit. <laughs> and you know, Obama was a divider and, and I'm convinced now that pretty much at least in the modern era, every president is, he's he's not the president. He's not making all these decisions. He's a face and he's the divider in chief. He's the one that oh, keeps nice. the people divided. Divider You've got to chief. have yeah. this figure who one side loves and one side hates, and that keeps people divided. And that's the divide and conquer strategy. And if we went Man. to like a, you know, kind of like a system of like maybe prime prime minister, who's not as big as the president, uh, you know, and you have this uh, parliament or whatever, I don't, I mean, not to say I want to go to that because that's ridiculous too, because I think, I think England, I think their government's been compromised for probably several centuries. But, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you don't have that one face that everybody looks to, to either hate or, or be saved by. And so he, the prime minister doesn't have the ability to really divide people as much as the president. And then you have a guy like Trump, who's just like, bombastic and he knows exactly what to say to his crowd and he knows exactly what to say to piss off the other side it yeah it's too perfect man and he can too say perfect. it all at the same time <laughs> you know the same yeah. sentence he'll he'll you know rile his people up and piss off everybody else and then you know it's 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 a great you know you said the divider in chief i mean that's exactly what it is because yeah. even joe biden like he got caught on video the other day like signing a executive order and he's like i don't know what i'm signing like you heard it <laughs> faintly and it's like yeah how many people actually i mean these bills are five thousand pages long and you have two hours to read it before it goes dead you know like it's not meant to be comprehensive it's meant to just put you know there's people writing those bills and all those laws and everything you, you know we just need a signature just sign here sign here you know and i think that needs to change we you know term limits would be great but also you know i think uh, I listened to Jack's episode earlier today. I don't remember which one it was, but it was like, we just need to go back to our community, our neighborhood, and, you know, the people around us, immediately around us. You know, this guy, he lives, we share a wall. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's it's perfect because we take care of each other. You know what I mean? Everything yeah. else, you know, the world could be burning, but, you know, our town is fine. You know, we're, right. we're good. You know, it's like kind of like the Wild West, you know. The whole town comes together when something crazy is about to go down but everyone kind of just minds their own business helps each other out you know and i think we got to get back to something like that and how do we, we incorporate that into the digital and technological age at the same time you know what i mean yeah and i think like us this community we're, we're building together and finding people on the internet and just trying to uh promote those ideas it's very uh, it's awesome and it, the, the internet's great but 
it has a lot of downsides too with a, you know the ability to divide and conquer but also the ability to unite you know well that was a great point odd man about the divider in chief and i never thought of it that way but back to like this hegelian philosophy like the you have uh thesis and antithesis and the only way you can get so you make two sides conflict and you'll get the synthesis if you control both sides you'll push the people where they want and it's you know the science religion and ever it just seems like more than ever it's like red team blue team and that's because they get us to fight and then they can lead us it's all down the same path of more government more regulation more because there is no you know they just just that was a great like they really just pick these characters to be so divisive because like families are ruined over politics which mm-hmm. is insane yeah insane. it's awful yeah it's like yeah i think oh i'm sorry man no you're good i was go gonna say uh yeah it was like the first time i saw that was george w bush it wasn't as quite as bad but like you know he was a very divisive guy just because not the way he acted but the wars and it was crazy because people i really started to see and that was when i first got into politics too but that was the first time I'd ever seen people divide over politics in a big way. And then you come to, uh, as soon as Obama got elected, all the people I knew who hated George Bush's guts. And by that time, by around the time Obama, like his second, right before he got elected the second time, I was coming around to being kind of libertarian-ish, coming out of the whole conservative thing. I have still have some conservative views, but um, anyway, and, and I realized, holy shit, these guys are, <laughs> there's not that much difference, really. It's just one has a D, one has an R beside their names. And uh, as soon as Obama came in, he was like big time warmonger, even worse than George W. Bush. But, I mean, he, he doesn't get that credit, but what was it like? What was it, five he went or from, six wars? He went from two to seven wars. He inherited two. Yeah. And unofficially Jeez. started seven or five more. So yes, two to seven. Yeah. And, and no, no one talks about of, it. Yeah. None of those people. I remember talking to one of my super liberal friends who I don't really talk to anymore because honestly, <laughs> even though I, I wasn't a big Trump supporter, I couldn't handle him and his blaming everything on Trump. So I was like, okay, I, I'm done. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I put, I, I said something to him one day. I said, man, cause he was, a, he hated George W. Bush. And I was like, this was like near the end of Obama's term, second term. I was like, you know, that he was one of the worst warmongers we've ever had. He's like, what? And, you know, he tried to deny everything. And, you know, honestly, I don't think the guy even knew because he's he watches Bill Maher and MSNBC religiously and they don't tell him. But, you know, like CNN, I remember this specifically. I'll never forget this. I was after 9-11, I was watching CNN and Fox religiously because I didn't know the difference between right and left at that point. I just was like, what the hell is happening? You know, I need to understand politics. And CNN was like every day, dude, they were so the the death count, like Wolf Blitzer would have the death count every evening on CNN and scroll across the screen. Obama gets in, people are dying right and left, nothing. They won't even talk about it. If they do, they just barely cover it. And uh, I know, uh, there was this lady named Cindy Sheehan. I don't know if you guys remember her, but Mm-mm. so she was very famous during the first part of the war on terror because her son, Casey was either killed in Afghanistan or Iraq. I think it was Afghanistan. Uh, he was a soldier. She was big time lefty, you know, <laughs> kind of hippie lady. 
So she was the biggest anti-war person out there. And she was on CNN and MSNBC and all the late night talk shows like Letterman at the time and uh, all of all the ones that were out uh, tonight show and everything. And then as soon as Obama got in, they wouldn't even answer her calls. Yeah. And she, she's Jeez. super liberal. She's like super liberal. But if you check out her website and stuff, she t- she hates Biden and Obama and Hillary and and it's because they were total hypocrites. Yeah. Like none of that anti-war stuff meant anything because it was all about, oh, my can fell. <laughs> it was all, nice sound it was effect. all about, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was all about who was doing it. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't mean anything. Well, and we're seeing that now with uh, the COVID tr- ticker, you know, up and literally up until Biden was inaugurated, CNN, and MSNBC had a little thing at the top of the corner, like COVID-19 deaths and cases, and like it just never stopped going up, and they had it all the time. It's gone now. You don't see it. You well, don't see it anymore. Also, that that goes like where we're at, all of the places that were like testing and stuff, they've stopped testing, and they're just doing vaccinations. Really? So the numbers are going down yeah. because nobody's testing anymore because they don't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> like They're like, oh, the vaccine's out. We're saved, whatever. Which dude, this is, is the, ridiculous. Oh, Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Dude, it's the exact same playbook they use with polio. Like, I don't want to, you know, schmack Sheen. I like, I don't know where I stand on them. My fiance is a nurse, but like, I read this book about polio. So when, it, you know, everyone's immediate mind, you think of the iron lung and mm-hmm. all these kids affected. Really, the, the number was very small. And also, so they... Polio is ravaging everyone. They need a vaccine. They make a, uh, met, but then they make a stab, and uh, they give it to all these people. The same time they release the stab, um, they change the dot, like the diagnostics or whatever word you want to use, like to, to classify as polio. So a lot of people they were getting uh, DDT poisoning, yeah. which manifested as paralysis, uh, loss of use of legs, all these things like that, and all these other like toxic. Oh, that they were putting on the, the food caused polio-like symptoms. Yeah. So they'd labeled all the polio. Then once they released a vaccine, they changed that. Now they actually have to test you to find the, the virus, whatever it is. So that alone dropped cases down 90%. Yeah. And then add the supposable vaccine. That, that's what everyone attributes to saving everyone. But mm-hmm. they just changed what... Just like they did when Biden took office, they would they say like they changed the now, PCR tests yeah, from like forty right. cycles to like twenty, right? You know, because exactly. you can find anything in forty cycles, you know, right. of the test. If you keep testing it, test you'll find something that, yeah, you know, lets off a a red flag. And so it's like, even like where I get tested here for work, they are like, yeah, we've changed our testing method, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, it's yeah, it's. Almost the day of, the World Health Organization was like, um, yeah, it turns out the tests we've been using the whole time uh, are not um, accurate. And they put an article up and everything. And then once people like us got a hold of that and were sharing it around, they took it down because it went against their narrative. Because they were telling us the truth. You know, here's what we did. Here's, you know, what's happening now. And we're like, hey, what's this about? And they're like, "Uh, nothing, you know. And same with Time Magazine. I don't know if y'all heard about this. I think it was last week or the week before they came out with this big story that there there was a secret cabal of elites uh you know working to rig the election quote unquote and they were like but we really were just fortifying it and they break down they basically tell you exactly what they did why they did it and then make it frame it in such a way that it sounds like it's a good thing 
You know what I mean? And I, I try to tell people that and they're like, I don't see anything wrong with that. It's not illegal. And I'm like, okay, like, okay, I can't even talk to you. Like you, you, you realize that what this means, right? That we have no choice. The illusion of choice is gone. And after Trump lost, I was like, yeah, choice is gone. Cause, cause for a long time I, I, I felt elections were rigged. It was bullshit. And then, cause I was a Bernie bro back in the day and I was all about Bernie. And then once Trump got elected, I was like, oh, cause it was going to be Hillary. You know, everyone thought so. Once he got elected, I was like, it gave me a little bit more faith in our institutions. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, this system does work. But that now looking back, it makes me think of what odd man said that it was just a character. He was just a, to further divide. You know what I mean? And I'm curious to see where we go from here. Yeah, dude. I, that's like uh, the politics thing is like, I just think they want to, they're going to keep pushing it more and more. Cause I thought maybe it would end when Trump got out, maybe like, but it doesn't seem that like, it's just as hated, just as the same uh, scare tactics. Like they say they're going to take guns, you know, all just the same things they do. And soon false flags will start happening again. And our rights will be, they'll just slowly erode because I can't, like, I fight with this guy who says BLM and I don't. So, like, uh, you know, now we can't stick together on one thing. Right. It's just crazy. So, like, where do you think that, obviously, because, you know, the virus was their uh, test run for I, what I believe is going to be their cli- their fight against climate change. And Bill Gates just came out with that interview on CNN yeah, with, with what's-his-face CIA guy. And, yeah, uh, people, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh it, so, like, where do you think we go from here with with that? You know, he's talking about ending all emissions like in record time, and I'm like, uh, I mean, just today because we're in West Texas, we got a lot of windmills, right? Yeah, we, y'all probably got this huge snow uh, winter storm come through the whole country, right? We got hit pretty hard, and a lot of our power comes from those wind turbines. And I saw, I think maybe you posted it on Twitter or someone did, but it was a helicopter spraying a chemical on that. the wind turbines to unfreeze them and it's like a, a, a fossil fuel a fueled helicopter spraying a fossil fuel chemical on a fossil fuel made wind turbine uh you know does anyone see the irony and it's like yeah so how you know bill gates is saying we got to do all this drastic stuff it's like it, please explain how you know what i mean yeah. and i think the only way is by not letting us work not letting us eat not letting us do anything because it's you know, you're bad because you emit carbon. It's like, no. You know, I think that's what that whole turtle campaign was. You know, they were like, save the turtles, you know, because that makes you as an individual feel bad or like plastic straws. Like that makes you as a consumer feel bad. Like we're responsible for everything. And it's like, no, straws and, you know, rings that get stuck on turtles accounts for like less than 1% of all pollution. It's like five major corporations produce most of the of the pollution so it's like they're just trying to get us as people and consumers to feel bad for what they're doing you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah man and don't forget the military industrial complex they add to the oh my they're <laughs> the, the, the biggest polluters of all <laughs> right and who and there's so many big companies tied to them it's just unbelievable you know I, you know one thing i, I would say I'm, I'm curious to know what jack thinks the only way this left-right paradigm works is if they trot out somebody for the Republicans to believe in. They've got to have another leader and another hero for them to love and for the left to hate. So I'm wondering, I don't see anybody emerging yet. 
you know, talk, I mean, Ted Cruz is not going to do it. They, you know, he's kind of a pud. No offense. He's a, hey, but, he's uh, our representative. So, <laughs> oh yeah, <that's laughs> funny. and he's he's not but, like Texas has such a strong pride, but like he's yeah, was yeah. born in Canada. That's why I'm like, like, and yes, yeah, he's really? doing. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's Canadian. Yeah. And he's, I had you know, no idea. He's doing more than other Republicans, but at the same time, like he's let us down a lot. So I'm like, ah, Ted Cruz, man, you're, you're really not doing yeah, it for me. I, I feel like he's just Canadian. a big joke. Like, yeah, not a lot of people take but he, him seriously. But he's gonna run. Um, DeSantis is looking good in Florida because he's basically like, put giving the middle finger to the rest of the country. Like, hey, we did it right, you know. <laughs> so you know, I, he's got a good chance. Um. I don't know, Jack. What do you, what are your, what are your thoughts? I it's I think it might be too early, and also like I'm kind of hesitant to get into that mindset because I you know we spent the last four years dealing with it. But like, what do you, yeah? What do you yeah, think? I mean, I I'm just like so jaded with the dude. I just think like <laughs> you don't get there unless like no, there are no good people in politics. Like you wouldn't get that. You would if you were a good person like any of us, you'd say, holy shit, this is you guys are so corrupt. I can't be a part of this. And they, you leave early or you stay in there because you're an evil shithead who wants money and or you were fucking a little kid and they got you on tape and now you're in there. Yeah. Right. I don't know, dude. There's got to be. Know. I mean, but I'm sure th that, that's what we some. But I'm with you, though. I highly doubt it. But there's got to be somebody that's going to like that is actually a decent human that can get in there and not be overcome by all of this gnarly just vileness of politicians that can actually make a freaking difference. But the thing is there might, they might start out that way, but like Jack said, you know, it's, it's very easy, especially men. And oh, like, I, I know, no, you know for sure women too, but for men, it's very easy to like, I was talking to my dad about this the other day. He goes, we've all been in a compromising situation as men. <laughs> all of us have been in a compromise. We've all done some shit that we wouldn't want anybody else to do no matter who you are. Now, imagine someone has that on tape and yeah. you have the power to sign legislation into law. You think they're going to let you not do what they want? I mean, it's it's so easy to blackmail people. It's easy. Easy. Oh, yeah, man. You know? Yeah, man. Another thing I point out to people, too, is um, I, I, I listened to an audio book of uh, Peter Schweitzer's. Uh, it's called Secret Empires. Uh, nice. Okay. Nice. He was the guy that did the Clinton, the Clinton cash. Was it Clinton cash? Was that the? He had a real popular book right before that. I just know Secret Empires, but yeah, yeah, Secret Empires, and he talks about in there how it's totally legal for our representatives, uh, for their families to take bribes, to take gifts from foreign governments and, and, and entities like businesses and stuff like that. The only people that can't take any bribes is the representative and their spouse. So their uh -huh. kids can take bribes, whether it be jobs, money, cars, favors, their parents can take bribes, their, their siblings can take bribes. So, you know, it's like you, you put that with the fact, another thing I didn't know until a couple of years ago, that it's totally legal in our system for our representatives to be dual citizens. Oh my now, God. Not every country allows that. Mm. No. But our country does. And you and they do not have to disclose that. So how do we know who any of these people are really loyal to? So with those two things together, I'm like, there's no, we don't have a hope and a prayer to find somebody who's really representing us. It's all special interests, foreign countries. That's insane. I mean, some of these politicians I've heard, I don't know who specifically, but they have like 
four passports. They're they're mm. they're citizens in four different countries, and some of them are our quote unquote enemies. You know what I mean? Yeah. What? What? And then some people you get caught literally banging a Chinese spy, and no one bats an eye. You know, because how many other people are banging Chinese spies? You know, the people who are who would, you know, come down on you for banging Chinese spies probably bang the same one. You know, they call their Fang Fang for a reason, you know, Fang Fang Bang Bang, you know, but Dude, yeah. <laughs> sorry, that's it's I, I, I find it all hilarious. And I think I'm more along, along with what you're saying, Jack, like you're so jaded. You're so like this is all BS, you know, but it's kind of fun to watch the ride. But at the same time, yeah. you know, eventually it's going to come to our front doors you know, well, odd man I mean, like brings up a, you know the dual citizenship. That was one of the I read this uh, book Trigger by nine or by David Ike. It's all about nine eleven. David Ike, the man, the OG. Yeah, dude, he's awesome. But whether you like him or not, he's like does you know he woke me up. But he wrote in that book uh, that Donald Trump gave fifty two billion dollars to Israel more than any other president ever before. And like we say, he's America first. But fifty two billion dollars, there's like. I forget. I'm not like. I feel like it's got to be more than that. Well, it's over ten. Like the amount of mem people they have in Israel, I think is I want to say like eight million, and that is seventy five thousand dollars per person in the the country. Like what? How can we even like pretend he had all these, you know, Sheldon Adelson and all these people? But like that's how I know. Like there's a greater group that is, you know, because no reasonable person would say oh they're a dual citizen and yeah yeah we give them a billions of dollars but it's for democracy like that you, i wouldn't <laughs> do that right like that makes zero sense you know meanwhile yeah. we're sitting here in a pandemic with a bunch right. of people out of jobs dude, and we get yes. 1800 bucks a person yeah. like. exactly <laughs> dude it's just it's absurd yeah. it's that, like, like when they uh you know it's it's basically the u.s government came in and they fucked us and they left six hundred dollars on the dresser and left before the sun came up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like never to call again. Yeah, exactly. Never to call again. It's like it, it, that's how they see us. That's literally how they see us. You know what I mean? And it isn't until everybody comes together, like in the GameStop thing, where you actually hurt them. You know what I mean? Where it actually does something that where they realize, oh shit, like you know. And like what you were talking, dude, I listened to your episode today and you made like one of the best uh, references and analogies I've ever heard talking about a bug's life, dude. I, I'm a younger guy, like, you know, I'm only 24. So like I, I remember 9-11, like I'm old enough to remember it, but not right. old, you know, I wasn't old enough at the time to understand it. So like, but it, that was one of the first things that woke me up at once I was older. But mm, yeah. it's like you said, a bug's life. I grew up with that movie, man. It's a great movie. It is and, a movie, yeah. you know, the, the, the wasp or... Uh, the grasshoppers say if these ants ever find out, you know, that there's they outnumber us 10 to one, yeah. you know, we're in trouble. And that's the thing. They just these people just have to keep us divided and they can conquer us. You know what I mean? It's hard to take over th 330 million people if they're all against you. You know what I mean? Because like you're saying, these these bigger groups that are all interconnected, you know, odd man earlier was naming all these groups. And I'd only heard of four of them, you know, the trilateral commission. Uh, Bilderberg, uh, you didn't uh, Club of Rome, uh, those groups and the CFR. But it's like, how? What are their tentacles? What are their subsidiaries? You know, how connected are they, and how much power do they have? Because the argument I get from like people like my brother, who's one of the smartest people I know, but also a dumbass, 
that he's like, how could all those people be in on it? You know what I mean? It's like, they're not just the people at the top. It's not hard to tell somebody, Hey, do this, you know, don't worry about what it's for, but just get this done, you know? And then it just, how, how often does that happen? It's deep uh, compartmentalization and need to know, you know, you're not going to know what the guy next to you is doing and you don't even know what you're doing. So just keep, keep working, keep doing what we, we tell you to do. I think that's how it gets done. You know, that's my answer for when people say, how do you, how are all those people in on it? It's like, that's how it's not that hard. You know, that, that to me, yeah, that sounds really, really good. And it's like, uh, one of the things I always mention, and Jack's probably heard me mention this several times, but, um, there's one guy that I, I read a lot, Dennis Cuddy. He says that the elite have kind of a motto, an unset motto, personnel is policy or people is policy. So he says, look, You've got all these people that come from these same Ivy League schools. They go to these same fraternities. And then when they get out of the fraternities, a lot of them go to the Wall Street or a lot of the same, you know, multinational institutions that they work for. And they think alike. So he's like, there's really, there doesn't have to be a huge conspiracy in terms of a lot of things that get done because all these people were basically bred to think alike, trained to think alike. And I think that's the whole push for globalism and the one world government. I think that people have been trained to believe that that is the only way to, you know, to make things better. But, uh, you know, people like um, Anthony C. Sutton, who I, I think that, uh, yeah, Jack, you read that book about Skull and Bones. He's got a quote in there where he says that the CFR does have a, uh, I forget how he words it ex- exactly, but the, a smaller group that, uh, it, that the other group which is a very large group now i think they have like maybe seven thousand members now mm-hmm. but he said there's a, a, a smaller group that are in on more secretive plans where they're you know where a lot of these other people aren't and i think carol quigley the guy that wrote tragedy and hope about the council of foreign relations and the world government i think that he also has a similar quote and he's basically the one that is credited with writing their history on their behalf and then when his book came out, they decided to scrap it and they got rid of the book plates. And eventually somebody copied it and started putting it back out again. But uh, uh, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of them just they have the same type of thinking. And, um, you know, it's just they, they, they believe it's like it's weird, too, man, because they are coming more. It seems like more from the left, even though people from the left write about the council as a right wing organization. But yeah. You know, it's like they're they're kind of like limousine liberals to me. Uh, the Council of Foreign Relations, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they 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 are they have this pedigree that most of them are pretty wealthy and go to these really Ivy League schools and all this stuff. But they are pushing this globalism and this world government because they seriously think that that is, it's almost like a religion to them. Like we're going back to religion. It's like. This globalism is the only thing that's going to cure overpopulation. It's the only thing that's going to cure the end of wars, and and, and so many other things. Economics, they you know we got to all be equal because they're pushing the universal basic income. All these things they, and, and that comes right out of the occult, like Manly P. Hall and people like that were also pushing these things. So, I don't know, man. It, it just seems like it's all coming together. Yeah, and I think um, I, that was going to be my next question is, you know what's what do all these people have in common not just you know that they're 
I think the big thing is money. They're all rich. You know what I mean? That's a, a big part of it. But also they might disagree ideologically. Like you said, there's conservatives and liberals on in on it. And, but I think it goes back to the occult, you know, that even on the, like a low level, like I have a buddy, he went to a, a decent sized school here in Texas and he was in a fraternity. And I mean, as soon as he got out of college, he got a job with one of the biggest financial institutions in the country, you know, because it, his frat brothers worked there. You know what I mean? So it's like they it's even if it's not necessarily the occult, it's that sense of brotherhood fraternity. But that all goes back to the occult. You know what I mean? And there's obviously infighting within those occult I, beliefs, but it's still dark arts, man. At the end of the day, it's still dark magic or, or however you look at it. It's. And you guys are clearly more researched than we are. This is the big dumb podcast. So, you know, you guys are saying names and things that I've heard of, but, you know, can't quite put my finger on. So, like, where what would you say the occult, how would you say the occult plays in all of this? Do you want to go first, Tom, man? Or do you want to? You, wanna... you go ahead, Jack. <laughs> Y'all tag team it. <laughs> Take it, man. Tag team. Well, I, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's one group. I think Ami and I both agree on that. Like, there is no... Uh, it's too hard to like pin to one group, but it is a certain mindset that it just keeps popping up over and over and over again. It's always this like communistic in, inversion. Um, yeah. And so it like all stems from these occult beliefs that kind of like a Gnostic belief. I think that's where actually where I'd say it kind of started. It was like the ancient schools of Babylon, all that stuff. They had this Gnostic belief that this earth that we're in right now isn't is not made by the god that created it it's like an evil god that controls it and the way to get rid of him or to get favors from him is to do the evil things because he is also he's satan or whatever you want to and so that's where i think these guys they come into these brotherhoods these fraternities at the top levels they kind of push out this doctrine and they there's probably the lower guys they don't even know what's going on um but yeah, I mean, all these people, dude, they're clearly getting results because they push yeah. it in, they push it in like TV, movies. There's all these things are secret occult sigil ceremonies that you and I don't see, but they see and our subconscious sees. So energy goes where attention flows. And there's some like when I pray, you know, I've been come recently, like try to pray, you know, no, God doesn't talk to me. I don't know what he's, if he's answering me, but these people wouldn't keep doing all this effort if they were getting the same response that you got when you prayed, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, odd man, what your thoughts? Yeah, man. I mean, I agree with Jack and it's like, um, you know, and I'm a, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a very good one. And I'm the first one to admit that, Yeah. but I, I, you know, I'm a work in progress, man. I'm trying, but it's like, uh, like Isaac Weishaupt, you guys know him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's an OG. OG. Yeah. He's like, to me, he's, he's like top of the game. And I really respect him, even though I don't agree with him on everything. But, um, you know, he always says that the one thing he keeps finding, because he, he gets so deep into the, these occult things, is that they all these different beliefs are against Christianity. And so, um, and I would actually say they're probably against Islam, too. But, I, mm-hmm. you know, we're in the Western, you know, in our Western culture, we don't really talk about that too much. But I think they're what they're really against is, um, you know, just the one god monotheism and they really 
are, are pushing that man will become his own God. And it goes back to Gnosticism. It goes back to the Kabbalah where you become God basically. Yeah. And they, you know, and they, they feel like you, they believe in reincarnation. A lot of them and stuff like that. And they think you're going to get as many chances as you want to do this whole thing. But they really believe dude, that and this is like, it just blows my mind. They believe that every person is going to eventually be reincarnated to reincarnated to the point where they get it right. And when enough people get it right, we will have a utopia and we will get back. And a lot of them, a lot of them, even if they don't talk about it, believe in Atlantis and this other thing called Lemuria, which was a lot like Atlantis, but it was more like the theosophical Atlantis. They think Atlantis was real, dude. Manly P. Hall said in one of his books that part of North America, the continent, when, when everything split apart, uh, part of North America is part of what was Atlantis. And it, yeah, New Atlantis yeah. is going to be in the in North America. We're going to create a utopia. And uh, I think a lot of them are going for that utopia, man. That's I think they wild, really, dude. really believe. I've not that heard that, to... dude. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's a crazy theory, yeah. man. Because, yeah. you know, I believe in Atlantis. You know, I think there's evidence to back it up. And, yeah. um, you know, I think it's silly to think that we're the smartest or most advanced that humans have ever been. I think that's silly to say because yeah. we don't know, you know. Yeah. Um, but I like what you said about you know, that's the, it's anti-Christian, it's anti, you know, one God. And, you know, I don't, cause I, I did some studies on this in college about, you know, mysticism and the Kabbalah and Gnosticism and things like that. And I actually found that, uh, I don't remember who said it. I'm sure you guys might be, might know, but it, the guy said, if God is, if everything is God, then I am God. You know what I mean? He said, if, if, if there is God, God is within me. And I took that as in, like, in a positive light, like, you know, God works, whatever your, who your God is, God works through you. And if he is everywhere, then it, I, then I am God, you know, that was kind of his philosophical reasoning behind it. Um, but I can see how that teaching, you know, might get twisted into like, oh no, like with AI and with technology and all this stuff, we literally can't, we can download our consciousness for all eternity and, you know, 3d print new bodies every hundred years or whatever, you know? And that's, that's cool, but kind of scary at the same time, you know, with, even with the CRISPR technology, we're literally playing God and it's a dangerous path, you know, yeah. even yeah. God said, Hey, I, I fucked up here. I got to restart this. And he <laughs> sent the flood. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's it's not a. Uh, stole that from you. Oh, were you gonna say that? No, I said it in a prior podcast. Yeah, before. yeah. So you know, Pud's here. He's he's a Christian, and and so that's why I try to bring up these kinds of topics to to sort of red pill him because he can relate to it. He can he can see that. Oh yeah, we are being manipulated. They are demonizing Christians and things like that. And it's I mean, I've I've I haven't just like followed blindly or anything. Like I have known that. They're not telling us the whole truth. I haven't just, I just haven't like delved into it at all. Um, and I really actually appreciated your most recent podcast um, with Johnny uh, Carucci. Sarucci. Yeah. Um, and oh, yeah, dude, I mean, it was awesome. And just like him professing his faith on the podcast and like using the Bible and his faith to back up what he was talking about. It was just like, yeah. I mean, it's a super There's truth mind the, opener. Dude, and, the Bible's true, man. Whether oh, you yeah. believe it as absolute truth or not, I mean, it's not just words thrown on a page. I mean, there's 
there's some truth to it. And, and I think that's with all religious books, there's some truth to it, you know? But how has it been manipulated? How has it been co-opted? How has it been? That's like the fear, I think, is like, because we know that the elites obviously put the Bible together. And that's like what I, but I don't know. I like, there's a lot of good things that admit like witchcraft and all those things. They talk about that in the Bible. And that was one theme, dude, that as I've read all these occult books, it comes over every one of them is like staring into a crystal or meditating, communicating with some other bot. The two guys, John D and Edward Kelly, they were in the mm-hmm. 1500s. They were spies for the, the one was a spy for the queen. He, him and his buddy, they were looking at obsidian according to one author because they've just been in america and that was what the mayans used as currency they brought it back and he stared and meditated and the other guys talked and they created a whole language by communicating with the angels the enochian language like if that's just mental illness that's okay that's one but there's so many like that's how <laughs> muhammad muhammad wrote the whole uh whatever the book of muhammad he wrote that joseph smith for mormonism and they always tell you to switch and have sex with your friend's wife. It's just an odd thing, but they do. Swingers, baby. All of them do. Jack Parsons, Edward D. and John Kelly, they did it in the 1500s. But there's clearly something that is communicating with these people. And there, I think like the transhuman is a thing that we're working on. Like it's happening is a way to jumpstart that or force God's hand or something to make this, whether it's a utopia or they got to blow it up first. I don't know, but. I mean, shit's yeah. definitely going to hit the fan before any kind of utopian, like... Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, the, in my beliefs as a Christian, like, that utopia is going to become after all of the, you know, revelations talks about the tribulation, which is a whole nother animal. But after the tribulation, God is going to come and have like a i think it's a thousand year reign like heaven on earth earth. yeah heaven on earth yeah and that is the utopia i look forward to um but it's it's kind of completely different than the the utopia these people think they're not going to get more than one opportunity i mean you got one opportunity to make it right or you're you're kind of screwed i i don't am i i don't believe we come back reincarnated as something a, a different human to get a second shot at being good or being right. Um, you got yeah. one shot. and Yeah. Well, you know, they, another thing with a lot of these occult beliefs is they talk about ego, ego, you know, letting go of the ego. Yeah. Take yeah. mushrooms. That'll, that you'll do that real quick. <laughs> but, but how do you like, they, they teach letting go of the ego yet you are God, you are yourself God. So that's, to me that's kind of contradictory yeah you know to tell somebody you are your own god but let go of your ego you know because that's beyond what a human can do you know but um a lot of these occult beliefs too seem to be trying to bring on like a an apocalypse like the freemasons i really believe that these higher level freemasons uh, are trying to bring on some kind of apocalypse to uh, it's order out of chaos. I, I mean, that's their freaking motto, you know, for the yeah. Scottish right. So, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think they're the only ones because like I read the works of like Alice Bailey. She was a theosophist for Lucius trust, which by the way, they, they, they took over the theosoph- uh, theosophical society from Helena Blavatsky and Annie Besant. They handled the United nations library. Still oh, to this I didn't day. Know that. It's like a yeah, rewriting and, of the 
a you know library of alexandria it's like what you can yeah. change the knowledge if if you have access to it yeah and, and if you go into the un meditation room dude they have a black cube in oh, that freaking meditation no. room no. yes it's wow. yes it's not a perfect cube but it's close and so that goes right back to the philosopher's stone and uh mm. they got this weird painting in front of it that almost looks like a snake a serpent like perhaps a serpent in the garden Swear to God, look it up. You in meditation? Dude, I never room. heard that. Yeah, wow. Yeah, but Lucius huh. Trust, they they were started off as Lucifer Publishing under Helena Blavatsky, most she occultic is. lady ever, and then she died right after that, and then they turned it into Lucius Trust to kind of get the heat off their backs because they were getting pushback because it's called Lucifer. They had a magazine <laughs> called Lucifer. You can look it up. Uh, yeah, I'm still I'm sure that there's some magazine still to this day floating around i'm sure you'd pay a ton for him but lucifer wow. uh, magazine and um yeah man it, it's crazy because they also believe that there's this coming utopia and they seem to be pushing it i've got uh, one of uh, alice bailey's books on uh the education system dude and i'm just starting to go through it and this was written in i think the late 60s it's insane man it's insane it's like every um conspiracy that right-wingers have had about the education system once you read that book so far anyway they nailed it even though they've never read Jeez. that book they're pushing all this stuff like the kids don't even need parents that they don't need people to to be over them to teach them Jeez. things because the state can teach them and all, it's just you know, on and on and on so i'm sorry to be long-winded but uh, no no it's great awesome. dude yeah yeah it's I feel like people need need to know this, and you know we're we're learning too. You know we're we're all on this on this quest for the truth and knowledge, and um, it's sometimes is kind of hard to talk about, you know, and and yeah. especially people like like you guys who do all this research, like it inspires me to be like, you know, not that I don't do my own research, but it inspires me to be like, I need to go look into this. I need to see mm -hmm. what's going on because, you know, if 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 you guys are saying it, like, I'm like, okay, these guys have done the research. I need to see, I need to do it too, you know? And, and that's what we need our audience to do is, is go out and don't just take our word for it, but look into it because we wouldn't just be lying to your face. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the, everything we say, it's cause we've, we've seen evidence for it, you know? And I know there's a lot of people out there who do shows and have podcasts who are just lying to you. You know what I mean? They're just grifting. And you know, that's why I feel like people like us and, and like you guys, we, we just want to search for the truth and do it in a fun way and, you know, connect with people because, you know, you're telling me things that I haven't heard about. And now I'm, after this, I'm going to go look at it and, and, you know, talk about it on another show. Like it's, it's so important and it's terrifying at the same time, you know, like uh, going off the Lucifer thing. I think the Vatican um, has a space program in a way, like a, they have an observatory and their, their telescope is the Lucifer yeah. telescope. Oh really? Yeah, it like and it sp it stands for something. It's an acronym, but I'm like, you guys couldn't oh, of think course. of a different acronym. Yeah, for You're really the sake. Vatican, yeah. dude. And that's the thing; they're not hiding it. They're not hiding it. It's in plain sight. And I think it goes back to their occult beliefs of about like the karmic rule. You know, mm, yeah, it, karma. They, you know, whether you believe in karma or not, they they do. They believe yeah. in it, and they operate in that in that world of. If we don't tell people what we're going to do in some form or way and they just let it happen, we're good. We're clean. You know, yeah. we, we, we told them what was going to happen. And a lot of people 
you know, they, they don't see through it. And so they, these terrible things happen. They're like, wait, what, why is this happening? It's like, they told you, they told you it was going to happen in one form or another. And, you know, hindsight's 2020, but to be actively able to see those things, it, you know, it's ruined movies for me (laughs) altogether. I can't watch a movie now and like enjoy it, you know? But then there's those good ones like Truman Show and things like that where it's still a good movie, but you get the message, you know? Yeah, dude, you're absolutely, I think you're right with the karma thing. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just, it could be like a scary, that's why, again, like I always go back to like, we need to like find a way to almost to be good for like an uh, apocalyptic event, not to hurt people, but to like, hopefully I could bring us closer to each other because we're doing something wrong and it's not our fault but they throw bread and circus at us. You want to know like who's winning the bachelor or who can throw a ball the <laughs> furthest. And like, that just distracts you from the things that they're just pushing your subconscious and yeah. you're just eating up chemicals and whatever it is, porn, all these things, dude, they just yeah. want to push that down your throat. And so you'll go to work, you'll come home. You'll not be, in, you'll not multiply with your wife. You'll just masturbate. And there goes, dude, and that's your life. It's like, yeah. And you'll, use drugs to cover it up and uh and dude yeah. i mean i can speak to that personally man like i I, yeah. I feel the same way i go to work i come home crack a beer watch tv yeah. play a few video games and i go to bed because i got to get up yeah. early for work you know yeah dude. and your last that your podcast really spoke to me when you were talking about that you know that it's they're feeding us these things and it's not like it's not like it's easy to say no to them you know they wouldn't be things you wanted if they were easy to say no to you know what i mean and so it really does like take a strong mind and you have to strengthen your mind through reading, through exercise, through, um, just, you know, thinking properly critical thinking. And, it, and it's hard. It really is. You know, like me and Austin, we're, well, we're snowed in for one, but dude, we played Xbox all day today and it was awesome, you know, but at the same time I was getting pissed off. I'm like, come on, some 14 year olds kicking my ass. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I could have done a lot more productive stuff. You know, oh, but yeah. that's the thing. I think, oh, yeah. I think those those kind of bread and circuses they can be good. You know, like I think Eddie Bravo said this. He says, during the week I red pill. I red pill hard during the week, but on the weekends, I sit back, I watch the football game, and I enjoy it, and then I get right back to red pilling on Monday. You know what I mean? Like, there is benefit in that because I mean, I'll tell you firsthand, it's overwhelming to constantly be in this state of, Oh, this is bullshit. This is a lie. Everything like that. Because oh, yeah. it, and it's good to be aware, but dude, it wears you down, man. And you just get, and that's why like the whole Trump thing sucked me in, you know, it's because it was like, something's going to happen. Trust the plan, all this stuff. And it's like, dude, you got to just, you know, takes how much more time could I have, have I improved my relationship or like worked out or worked on my body or my mind or whatever. And it's, it's the, that's, that's where the real power is. It's like within you. And I, that kind of goes back to like the God within you. It's like, no, 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 no. Maybe like God is not, you are not God, but like, that's how you find God is through good acts for yourself and your family. You know what I mean? And like you said, you have to be selfish before you can be selfless. You know what I mean? Nice. Like work on yourself so that you can help other people, you know? Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, dude. I think you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of took half of that from your last podcast I listened to today, but it's fresh on my good. mind. But Dude, you're very good with your uh, soliloquies. Oh, yes. They're very good. I'm actually, uh, I was uh, trained in college as an actor, so I did a lot of Shakespeare and oh, stuff. So. Oh, dude, you can tell. It's not <laughs> act, it's like art, kind of. Yeah, thanks, dude. I appreciate <laughs> I it. it. I appreciate <laughs> it. But, and that's, a, I mean, that's a whole other episode is, you know, the, the entertainment industry. But, <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, it, it's, you know, 
it's you, you got to work on yourself. Odd man, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, yeah, man, you're totally right. You've got to to have an outlet, especially when you're delving mm. delving into things like we look into, man, because uh, it's dark. Especially the last, you know, few months, I've I've had times where I was I was starting to get pretty depressed, and um, yeah, man, you gotta. I started like just making it a point to for me and my wife to make friend, you know, make plans with friends on the weekends and stuff like that, man. Cause dude, you got to have an outlet. I mean, you got to, you can't, it's too dark. It's too serious, too yeah. dark. And, uh, I think there's a lot of people like you're saying that they got really into the Trump thing and the Q thing and they can't get out. Uh, yeah. And, and the ones that have kind of gotten out are really down, you know? Yeah. I was They're, dude. They don't know what to think. I was down for and a few weeks, man. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel bad for him, man. I feel bad for him. I, uh, I hope that they don't become just like total nihilists, you know, and I understand they, they may for a while, but there are some things you can believe in, but you know, I, I just feel like, like a long time ago when Ron Paul oh. kind of lost that second time and Ron it was Paul. just like, Lord and Savior, yeah. Ron Paul. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it was just like when he – and the Republicans were the ones that screwed him up. Out oh, of yeah. The whole, you know, I just mean, he like was killing it. The Democrats screwed Bernie, you know, same thing. Exact, same exact thing. And it was just like a lot of those people just became like hardcore anarchists. And, <clears throat> and uh, the anarchists, they still love Ron Paul. <laughs> yeah, they still love him. Yeah, because he never changed his message, you know. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like I know there's – I feel bad for them, and I hope that they can find, you know, find something to believe in and find a, a positive out of that whole thing because they invested so much of, of themselves in that. So, I don't know, man. I mean, it's it, it's like uh, the the whole Ron Paul and Bernie thing. It's it's like you were talking earlier, and I I don't think I've ever heard a more perfect term for commander-in-chief as the divider-in-chief you know like those guys were not divisive enough they were actually trying to do some good and they can't have that yeah. and they can't yeah, have right. that they need somebody a lot more divisive and which like which like tulsi you know like yes she's on the council of foreign relations and that raises some issues but she was pretty likable and she's she was the one that was willing to talk to the other side at least and she got shut down real quick you know what i mean yeah and like it, it goes back to like the illusion of choice you know like Kamala Harris didn't even get one delegate vote and she's the vice yeah. president now. Riddle me that Batman. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's, and, and Biden was trailing the whole time. And I, and a lot of people have been saying, you know, Buttigieg, what's her face from up North. All these people on the same day got a call and said, Hey, Biden's our guy. You're going to announce your ending your campaign and you're going to endorse Joe Biden. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. We'll do. Oh yeah. And, you know, yeah. they just bent over, you know, it's, it's just pawns on the chessboard, man. It's like, you know, you send your pawns yeah. out first and then you sit, the king, queen, sit back. They sit oh, back yeah. and let everyone else, you know, fight it out. And then they come in and snatch it up, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're just playing well, a game. I, I, yeah. I, I, I know I've mentioned this to Jack before, but like you look at uh, the DNC and all the people that ran, you had like Amy Klobuchar was CFR, uh, Biden was CFR at one time. I don't know if he's been in there in a while. He doesn't even remember uh, what the CFR is. Exactly, uh, exactly. Is that that chicken place? Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, uh, Bloomberg, big time CFR. Oh. He's in all those elite, you know, circles because he's so rich. Uh, then you had um, 
Buttigieg was a Rhodes Scholar who's directly related to the CFR, and so was Cory Booker. So it's, uh, you know, it's just one of those things, man. They had it all planned out, and they got their guy in, and then they just cut out. Hey, it's time for us to go out. And But I think they were there just in case. Yeah. Just in case, you know, one of them was going to get in no matter what. Right, right. So, I mean, y'all, this has been, like, a great – conversation like i could talk to you guys all night like this oh, yeah. is great but like so for our listeners and you know everyone else like how would how do we go forward like it, just your quick you know f- closing message what would you say like to move forward like where do we go from here and obviously we'll, we'll have another conversation like this real soon but wh- what wh- what can we do you know uh, i guess i'll start and i'll say that you know focus on yourself try to be, a be- the best you you can be whatever your beliefs are you know i would take i would say Take a step back and analyze your beliefs. Make sure they are actually what you believe and not what you were told to believe. And then two, just work on yourself. And work don't on your relationship. Hate somebody just because their beliefs are different. That's a good point too. Yeah. Mm. You know, I'm every- interested to hear odd man's opinion because that's kind of like mine. <laughs> well, you know, I hate to be cliche, man, but like uh, Jack and I did this show with this guy Joshua from um, our Foundations podcast, and he was oh, so yeah. eloquent in the way he spoke and like. He just basically was like, we need to, to do things uh, locally, start focusing basically what you said on your own life, but also focus locally because you can make changes, small changes locally that you can't make in this national setting because we're not going to make a big difference nationally. And, you know, it's it, they kept us thinking we could, but we can't. So no. I think we need to go smaller, make those small changes that we can personally and locally and, uh, you know, and, and become informed, man. Listen to people that are smart and intelligent and have read the books and done the research and then do the research on your own as you can. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That was an awesome answer. You're right. I think that's the, the role to take organize, you know, not organized because the feds will come in your door, but you know, (laughs) try and do whatever you can do because you know, they will dude. But, but yeah. That's great. Well, hey guys, uh, let's tell everybody where they can find you. Odd man, where where can where can people find you? Yeah, man. Uh, probably the best place is um, alternatecurrentradio.com. Uh, there's several podcasts on there. I'm like the third or fourth one down. And if you want to get in contact with me on Twitter or Instagram, it's underscore the odd man out. Great. And we'll put that, obviously we'll put all this in the description. Jack, where can people find you? Yeah. At conspiracy or JC on Twitter, on Gab, on uh Patreon, whatever, you know, the best way though is just to retweet the show. Cause we're already getting killed as much as you yeah. know, on uh, everything else. So <laughs> great. That'd great. Be great. And uh, we are the big dumb podcast on Twitter, uh, Instagram at the big dumb pod. Uh, and then anywhere podcasts are found. So, well, guys, I, I appreciate y'all taking the time out of your Monday to to do this. It's no sweat off our backs. We're snowed in, no work tomorrow, so we're just chilling. Oh, but... I have work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys coming on, and uh, Thanks, this was a lot of guys. fun. We'll have to do it again Dude, real a soon. Great show. Yeah, really, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, really, a pleasure to meet you guys and hear what you have to say. Nice to oh, to dude, this was one. great. Like, I'm fanboying just a little bit over you guys, so I appreciate uh, it. So, <laughs> thank you guys. I thank hope I didn't talk too much. Well, I'll see no. you all real soon. All right. Take care, man. Take it easy, appreciate guys. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate thank you guys. You.